What's going on? This is Party Card Sports Disc Golf Edition, and we back at it again. Back at it again with the boys. What's going on, Nate? Not a whole lot. We just had the LVC wrap-up last weekend. The Memorial Championship, although not a pro tour event this year. Completely saddened by that. I think that's a terrible decision. Uh, is going on right now. Kind of some controversy going on. We're not going to really touch on that. But, uh, you know, it was kind of a weird weekend for disc golf. Not only to watch it, but to play it. Uh, last weekend, I don't think either one of us really are too happy with how we played. I, no, I guess you you played pretty well. I played just fine. Yeah. Well, must be nice to be MA2. I played great. Must be fucking nice. I, I played me- fine. I remember I remember playing in the MA2. You need to move up, you fucking bagger. <laughs> I've never won anything. So I can do whatever they, the hell they, I want they, to. You won that uh, unsanctioned event in I've uh, never won anything I, on chair, on I'm chair. a scrub. Yeah, you are a scrub. Um, this no. year's your year. I believe so, <laughs> it. I believe it. I hope so. So. LVC just happened, of course. Yeah. Innova taking it down. Yeah, that scrub. That scrub. <laughs> that Calvin scrub Heimberg is scrub. I mean, his hair is I'm, very no, 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 not Calvin. I'm, I was making a joke about Innova, the scrub brand. Oh, wow. Says so the guy who we just literally figured out today, half his bag is Innova or Millennium. Oh, uh, yeah. Or old Discmania molds. So, so uh, can we talk about how... No. AB is awesome. It just gave this tournament away. I mean, it's AB, and I can make this excuse for him all the time because he's still so much younger than the other competitors. I don't even think he's twenty one yet, or he just turned twenty one. I'm I'm not sure. I don't even think he's twenty one. I think he just, if he did, he just turned twenty one this past year. I don't know. I'll, I'll check that for you. Keep talking. But I wouldn't say that. I mean, KJ really went out there and took the first three rounds but then he completely sold he sold the farm on the last nine holes and calvin just went went and got it man i don't i don't okay listen look i i think i think personally ab took control in the first two rounds yeah i think kj took control completely in that third round KJ looked stupid good in that third round. Yeah. And then Calvin just looked at everybody and said, oh. Hold my beer. I'm going to make some putts. Yeah. Yeah. He was hey, draining I'm not, not going to miss round. anything from C2. Yeah. He he showed up to play and, and clearly to putt in that last round. Yeah. And the, guy, the guy was wild from C2. Just wild. Huge. Like, I, I, I think when I was watching it, he had one miss. From C2, and the announcers both go like, that's his first miss from C2 in the tournament, or something like that. I don't, I don't think it's said for the tournament. I think it's said for the day. Yeah, something, because, something wild. Because to be C, perfect from C2 and all that wind over four rounds, Sounds shut, crazy. shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. But no, I mean, we, we see in a lot of sports, and now we see it in disc golf with KJ. KJ played not to lose those last nine holes. He didn't play the scared. Win. Yeah, he was scared. He was Just, a, he was afraid to make a mistake. He was, a, and maybe it was his game plan. But when you're playing that close in a tournament against a player like Calvin Heimberg, you cannot play not to lose. You have to go and take it. You have to go for a win. You have to go for the birdies. He goes and lays up, takes his three on a hard par three. Calvin takes a two. 
So it looks like you're reading something over there. Here's what I got to say. AB, after the first two rounds, I think in that third round where KJ took over, I yeah. think AB was playing not to lose. I don't, I don't think he was playing not to lose. I just think AB kind of missed a couple putts. And saw, then, what Calvin, kept, saw what KJ was doing. Yeah. And then was like, oh, crap, oh, crap, and, oh, crap. And at that point, it kind of got into quicksand. You know? But but or, he was still tied. Or, yeah. or he was either tied or, or in second place for the next day. So all he had to do was re- reschedule or like resettle himself and be good yeah. the next day. But he didn't do that. It actually spiraled even more. For him. And I mean, that's that's the difference between being young like AB and still not quite having that experience on lead card on a big tournament while Calvin Heimberg does. He is 23, by the way. Oh, wow. He's, God, man, he looks wicked young. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so. Must be fucking nice to throw so 600 feet. KJ, KJ had an amazing third day, of course. We talked about that. He had an amazing tournament up until but, his last nine holes. Well, I don't even know if it was all the last nine. I think it was that that one where he went OB to OB. Or it was something where he ended up taking a six. You know, we can always take a look at one hole. But if you go look just at the whole layouts, the back nine, he did not attack at all. He just kind of took his pars, didn't go for the hard par threes when he really needed to. Maybe, like I said, maybe it was his game plan and he just didn't want to get out of it. But everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Said by the great Mike Tyson. And Calvin Heimberg and punching people in the Calvin face. Heimberg came out throwing haymakers, and Kevin Jones just kind of sat there and took it and I, I think stuck he, to his game plan. And sorry, when you play not to lose, you're not going to win. I think you saw that too from also another person on the league card, Eagle. I, uh, it, it was so surprising to me what Eagle was doing, though. So, like, he definitely looked out of sorts. I mean, if you watch the... No, no, no. I don't even talk about his game. I'm talking about, like, one certain aspect. And even the commentators kept talking about his Eagle just was laying up. Yeah. Laying up putts that I thought, you know, usually you're in a, you're in lead card and you're behind by, like, six strokes. You need to run this. And he just was like, nah, I'm yeah, good. I'm sticking I, to my game plan. And then it just it never came around for him. I don't, I don't think he really... Going into that last round, he wasn't really going to make a push for the lead card. You think he knew that, and that's why he was like, "I'm just going to, I'm just going to play for positioning." I think so. I think but it hurt him. I think he just wasn't really feeling it. I think all weekend, and then even in the challenge at Goat Hill that happened a week or two prior to this, uh, his putting was off. I mean, he airballed a 15 footer in, in Goat Hill, and so not having that confidence on the putting green, especially in that wind in Vegas. You know, yeah, maybe he lays up and he's just not feeling it. But to not play at the level that he's expecting and he's laying up and still, I think he took 18th or 16th. I don't remember. I don't remember. I know it was out of top 10. And that's still pretty damn good for just laying up. And especially he doesn't have the monster forehand because he's still kind of nursing that injury. He, he didn't really put it on display in Goat Hill. I didn't see him throw it. At all during this tournament. Okay. So we talked about Eagle being off. We talked about um, AB handing it to KJ. We talked about KJ handing it to, to Heimberg. That's the lead card. Let's talk about somebody that wasn't on the lead card that made a splash. Not even on the chase card in the final round. That made a splash. 
Ezra Aderhold. Aderhold. From I hope they I hope that coverage comes out. I that hope would be cool that. because that is a monster round. Shot I believe twelve down that 12 last round. Down in the last round. I thought for a second when I was watching that coverage, I I thought I read the the recap wrong on PDGA because I'm like, whoa, these guys aren't playing very good on lead card. And then all of a sudden they keep showing Ezra in first. And I think there was only like three holes left or something. And Ezra's still up mm-hmm. and he's up by like a stroke. I'm like, these guys are going to fuck around and find out. And Ezra taking second with a minus 29. Tying for a second. After. Tied KJ. And okay. After KJ should automatically take third because he shit the He bed. let the whole so, team down. <laughs> so Ezra was sitting inside of the clubhouse. The dang clubhouse yeah. For like an hour, as he's waiting on these guys to finish up, just so he can take his second place. He was really hoping someone was gonna shit the bed. I oh, I would have been sitting there going too, like, oh my gosh, I might win this tournament. I might win this thing sitting in the clubhouse. That's pretty dope. That so that's I hope it. I hope some coverage comes out from that too, or some clips or something, because he must have been just going after it. I mean, 12, 12 down on both courses, I believe, was the hot round, and I think someone shot it every round. At least one person did. You know, we we talked about KJ. Obviously, KJ being a Prodigy team member and the controversy going around with Prodigy and Gannon Burr and this and that. And, you know, Prodigy almost dissing Kevin Jones. We talked about it last week, almost calling him a a B-rate player. Do you think Kevin Jones kind of had a chip on his shoulder? Just like, fuck around and find out, Prodigy. I'm going to show you B-rate. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can see it in his face. You can see it in his putting. Obviously, like you said, not the last nine holes, but he was he was monstrous all all week long until the final round. And he just wanted to be like, yo, I'm the best person on your team. Straight up, straightforward. Uh, I think that's what don't, he's don't, trying hey, to say. Don't get it twisted. That young buck is all good and all. But he did he did shit the bed this weekend. Yeah. Terrible. Played awful. What no offense to him. I mean he did have limited molds because he wasn't thinking that he was going to be throwing Prodigy. <laughs> he didn't play that bad, to be honest. No, he he did, took he 30th. Yeah. I mean, he tied with Brody. But... <laughs> hey, wasn't, wasn't that your, your sleeper pick? It was my sleeper pick because uh, after the first round, he was all the way up in, like, eighth place. And I'm like, Ooh. dang, I've never seen him up that high before. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, one other thing I would want to talk about, I, I think you agree with me that KJ had a little chip on his shoulder, wanted Absolutely. to show them, like, yeah. come get it. New guy, same guy, new discs, Simon Lazat, not playing too hot at the LVC. Yeah, you know, I think he's still trying to get it figured out. What he plays, do you have that pulled up? 47th. Yeah, yikes. Yikes. Not great. Yeah, and I mean, you take a look at the top 10, you've got Calvin Heinberg. Smush, KJ, Smush, Paul McBeth is up there, Smush. I think GG plays just outside the top 10, Smush. Angie Marweed, I think, is just inside the top 10, Smush. All these guys that just have big arms, and Simon Lazat's all the way down there, what'd you say, 47th? 47th. Kind of weird to see that. Courses like that are made for guys that can rip the stamps off this, that, you know, can rip the overmolds with MVP, can rip it right off the rim. And Simon, for Simon Lazat not to succeed on a course like that, kind of interesting. 
Uh, we'll see kind of how that plays out throughout the rest of the year. He he didn't play his best. He played a great first round, but then the other three rounds were just kind of not mediocre. not his game, not at all. So you think that this trend is going to continue for Simon, or you think this is just some early woes with new discs? I think it's early woes with new discs still. Uh, we saw the same thing with James Conrad in his first year with MVP. He started off really slow with his putting, and what ended up happening? The holy shot, and he won oh, worlds. So the luckiest shot ever thrown. Man, I'm just saying, an ace is an ace in disc I'm just saying, an ace or even a throw-in from that far is only 20% skill. You can only start it on the line and get the speed <laughs> right. After that, God, I hope everything else happens right and it hits the chains and catch and stays. I, I hate to say this, but I think Simon's going to struggle a lot this year. And I think that MVP has never been a disc that people talk about for distance. Ever. So his big arm might not be playing too much of a factor. Well, that's why I think definitely by the end of this year, I don't know if it's going to be too late for Simon, but definitely by the end of the season, I do expect a new mold for a high-speed driver coming from MVP fitted for Simon, more or less. Okay, I can see that. That's I can so... also I can also see a putter because he still has issues with putting, it seems like, and in the feel of the putters. But, you know, let, let's talk about my boy. Let's talk about the little man that can. Emerson Keith, leading Lone Star, the new brand on the block. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Emerson Keith was going to beat Nico. Barely. He still did it. Barely. Emerson Keith is the best player on Lone Star's team. Um, Nico is overrated. Nico is still a more skillful player all around than Emerson Keith is. More skillful? Can throw it further. Ah, uh, I don't think so. Can putt better. I don't think so either. No. Nah. Nah. He's just a dick, and that's the only reason why you want to harp on him. No, really, the best thing about Nico's game is his flex shots and his ability to play in the woods, which we're actually gonna get to a little bit later. But uh, I just, I just, I just, I just wanted to say listen, that Emer I picked Emerson, Emerson over over Nico. Emerson, I just want to let you know that Emerson's a hit or miss guy. Either he's Nico's top, a hit or miss either guy. Either he's top ten or he's in like fiftieth. Nico, Nico's the same way. Up, nah. at, up until last year, Nico was barely in the top ten. Nah, Nico is always like at least top twenty. Uh, now we're talking top twenty. Oh my god, this fucking guy! And women don't think we forgot about you. Katrina Allen goes off, goes back to back, shot a really bad last round, but she had such a big lead, it really didn't matter. I don't even know what her lead was going into the last round, but I believe she shot over par in the last round and still won by three or four strokes. Um, yeah, she had to have shot over because her final score was 69. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. So, was she, and she, that means shot. she gave away five strokes to Missy Gannon, and they still couldn't catch her. So, yeah. But just to note, she did win this year. She did win last year. However, this year. Does it matter, Nate? Kristen Tatar Nate was not matter. there, nor was Paige Pierce. Yeah. The two best, the, the next two best who weren't there. I mean, it's still impressive to win, especially, you know, you had that many strokes and you played like shit the last round and you still won. 
So a win is a win, but when you don't beat the best, did you really play at your best and really take down a big win? Time will tell with that. I think Katrina Allen has played pretty well the start of this year. She started hot. I think she ended last year really hot. So it'll be it'll be interesting on if she can keep that up when she has to face off against Paige Pierce and or Kristen Tatar. Waco, right? Waco's coming up. Uh, no, no, no. I meant like that. Will they be there? Will Paige and I Tatar believe, be at Waco? I believe Paige Pierce will. I don't know if Tatar will be. I haven't looked. I know Tatar said she was going to play more mm-hmm. in the States this year. Right. So I'm hoping to see that. Listen, if it's not Paige or Tatar, Katrina Allen definitely deserves the credit. Oh, Outside yeah. of that, do you see anyone else making like huge strides in FPO? I don't, really. It's It's kind of hard to say for FPO just because... The women play a slightly different game, it seems like. And Kristen, or not Kristen, sorry. Katrina Allen has a huge advantage because she does throw pretty far. Um, for a female, she is absolutely one of one of the top throwers. But what we see with, uh, like, Owen Scoggins doesn't throw very far. But she puts her absolute ass off. She makes huge putts that Katrina Allen really doesn't make. Katrina Allen, when she goes into a putting slump, she goes into oh, yeah, a yeah. putting slump. It is atrocious. It's awful to watch. It's not even fun. That's where you get these big. Uh, so that's why you get these big score discrepancies because Katrina Allen can go out and park like a four hundred foot plus hole. Some of these other people can only throw like three hundred, and so this brings. It's going to bring go go into our next topic here in a second. They're playing a long course. They're playing a golf course. They're play, you know, playing, a, golf playing course, a bomber yeah. course. Some of these other women probably play better in shorter courses, uh, bird or die type courses. Yep, absolutely. So, now that I said that, I believe you have a question to ask me. Oh, I absolutely do. So, what we've seen over the last, you know, probably four or five years, more and more disc golf courses, especially on the Pro Tour, are being built on ball golf courses, whether they're temporary courses for the tournament or permanent courses. Like in our hometown, we had to run down a ball golf course, and now we have two 18-hole layouts. I guess two 18-hole courses with God knows how many different layouts we have now. So when you think of... Let's take it from just watching coverage. Just watching. Just watching. We're not, we're not talking about playing. When you're watching coverage... Would you rather watch coverage on on a ball golf course where you're watching the big arms just throwing mashed shots? I like to watch mashed potatoes. Mashed fucking potatoes. Baba Booey, all that type of stuff. You know, all that. Love it. Love to see it. Now, uh, something that comes to my mind all, all the time is like, you remember Phyllis Albatross, right? Yeah. Around yeah, the trees. Great looking shot. You love to see that. Love to see. It's a great shot. But huge. I think obviously, I think there is a, a a happy medium for all this. But I would say I do enjoy going out and watching these guys bomb discs for sure. Yeah. That being said, if you're about to ask me, what would you rather play? 
Yeah, what? I would like to be in the woods for eighteen holes. Or, or I mean, no. like I said, there's a happy medium to everything. Right, right. But, but if you're asking me, hey, would you as a amateur want to go out and bomb five hundred all day long, or would you rather play these three hundred birdie or die technical shots? I personally would rather take my chances at trying to hit my technical shots. Are you going to say Colwich West is a birdie or die course? I'm taking it. But you can't say birdie or die because some of those holes really just aren't birdieable for par threes. I would agree. Those are the those are like what you see on the pro tour. These guys, this guy's happy to get a three here. Yeah, well, that, that's what you're looking at. I'm like, right. I'm happy to get a three here. Right. The, the thing but is- here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you come to me and like, Cody, this is a par four, 750 foot shot hole. Go do it. I'm like, cool. First things first. Wait, I'm you... gonna bomb a drive out there. Let's let's say it. Let me get a couple feet. Don't don't even. I'm gonna throw 400 feet. Woo! So we just so it's 750 <laughs> feet. You just threw 400. Correct. Do the math. Correct. You got 350 feet. You just threw 400. Yeah. That means you got. That's my best drive. Boom, you got 350. Okay. Remember, you don't have to park so it. So now I have to base now. You don't have to park it. Usually for a lot of this these holes and stuff, there's like a guardian tree or some bush or something, right? Uh, you know, you've seen them. Oh, yeah. So now good, I'm throwing another. Wood courses don't have trees or anything. I'm throwing Yeah. <laughs> I'm throwing another good. shot. I, 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 I'm, let's say I miss. You know, I, I, throw, I get up there. You know, I have a 50-foot putt at it. Okay. The way you've been putting? I'm going for it. The way you've been putting? Yeah, you missed. I'm going for it. Shut up. I've been, I've been, my putter's been hot before this last round. Oh, you shut <laughs> who, who won last weekend? Yeah. That's right. That, that's good. Anyway. You're right. You're right. Anyway, so I'm, <laughs> so I'm missing, you know, this 50-foot putt. Now, the way most of us putt, I'm zooming past that basket. So now i got another comeback 30-footer. Probably make it. Get off it, four. Boom! You got par. That's for me, an am. Yeah. For these big gun guys who also are amateurs. That some, that's a, some of them that we play with. That's a soft, soft four. They're putting it up there. Bam! Their next shot, right underneath the basket, tap out. Now, yeah. if you made that a par of three for me, I'm never getting it. I'm getting it once. Dude, if I, every if I ever see a seven hundred foot times. par three. I'm just going to walk off the course. Unless it's playing hugely <laughs> downhill, I'm just going to walk off the course. We got some of those on our course now that are 500-foot par threes flat. And they're hard. And they're just stupid. It's like, really? So that's what I'm looking at with a, a ball car, of course. But, okay, if you got the wooded thing, right, I know that if I miss, say I, say I only get 150 foot down this, let's say I only get 100 foot. How long's the hole? Let's say it's 300. I get 100 foot down. It's still a 200 foot shot with trees around. Yeah. I still have the confidence in it. I know I can at least get there with my distance. So let me just try to get this angle right. And then once I get the angle right, bam. That's a, that's assuming you didn't take a shit kick off in the fucking Narnia. And now you have no look at the basket. Okay. What, what I don't like about playing strictly wooded courses. I'm talking about where... Mo- the majority of the holes are wooded or extremely wooded. As an amateur, it doesn't happen so much now that I've moved up in the MA1 division. I'm playing against a l- slightly better players. But when I played MA2, it was 
completely frustrating playing in wooded courses because I'd hit my initial line, my initial gap, my disc is flying down this small alley, not a fairway, an alley of trees, starts to fade, getting towards the basket, kick, my disc just kicks off. That's all I see. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll figure out where my disc is when we get down there. Here comes Joe fucking Schmo, misses his gap by about 20 feet, kicks right in the middle of the fairway, didn't advance as far as me, but he's right in the middle of this fairway and got a straight look at the basket. My mom could get, get up and down from that. I get up to my disc. I've got no look at the basket. I've got to pitch around a bush, a tree, whatever, just to see the basket, maybe for a three look. What I don't like about playing in a strictly wooded course as an amateur is you start to risk skill versus luck. Now, at the professional level, it's a little different because those guys, they hit their gaps. And sometimes you just get lucky when you slightly miss. But at the amateur level, it's so frustrating when you're hitting your gaps and you just get bad break after bad break after bad break. And here's a guy, can't hit the broad side of the barn, hits a tree, goes straight down, lands right in the middle of the fairway. Am I the only one that feels this way? Like, it always happens to me, like, yeah, I hit my gap. And there's my disc flying away from the basket it's all about, in the complete opposite direction. It's all about how well you can do it up here. And if viewer audience or listening audience, I just tap my head because it's all mental game. Yeah, you know what? My mental game doesn't throw through a you tree. You are getting frustrated because you're letting another player that's not as good as you exactly get in your head. Yeah, not as good as me and catches way more breaks. Luck versus skill. You've Skill. always said you'd rather be lucky than good. And it turns out I don't have a lot of luck when I now, play in the woods. Let me, let me, let me throw another counter argument for you. The great equalizer, right? The wind. On a, dis, on, a, on a ball golf course, not a lot of trees, a lot of fairways. Shit ton of wind. You're getting the most amount of wind. And we live in Kansas. So you're getting Gaggles more than it. the most amount of wind. You're getting that 30 mile an hour regular. And you're getting that 50 mile an hour gust. So We love it. Now, in a wooded course, though, even here, even though it's that windy, you're not getting as much wind in that wooded course. Yeah, you're not. So you can still it. you can still play. You can still do play. I mean, you, you obviously there will be some different reactions, but you can still play around very similar to how you would if there wasn't any wind. Unlike if you were on the ball golf course, you you are now restricted to only your most stable discs and that's it or your most and your putting is gonna be atrocious or you're laying up everything yeah what's the fun in that it's gamesmanship you can't tell me you've been out in the wind and you go plus two and you're like you know what i played a solid round it just it was a bad windy day yes i've no it's not fun that's no fun I don't know, shooting shooting the best in your division on a winning date those sounds pretty fun. That's no fun. If you It's not if as you, fun, no. If you were but if you're in the woods and you shot minus five if, and if I shot minus you don't have a wind burn face, you don't have a wind burn you don't have a wind burn face, your lips aren't all chapped up, your eyes aren't all red from all the wind going everywhere. God, a fucking crybaby here. Oh, I'm a crybaby. Yeah. Cause you got a bad kick off a tree, you big crybaby. You know what? Next time we play in a wooded course, or next time we even play on a ball golf course and you get a bad kick, I'll, you're gonna hear about it. I'll dominate you at any wooded course we have this year. Bring it on, Malt Licka. I'm giving you the fucking death stare. 
I shot, take you down. Last year at Colwich, I shot the best round I've ever shot at Colwich. So did I. I, sh- I shot under par at Colwich. I, I was, was like, on lead card. So was I, but I was also, Bring it on. I was also an MA1. Bring it on. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know why I'm going to play a second round. I can't shoot. I can't shoot a better score than that. I can't shoot any cleaner than that. And I was right. I think I shot minus one or minus two the first round, and I shot five or six big in the second round. See, here's the thing. I think that I've closed the gap on uh, these smaller courses and putting in mid-range type areas. I think I've closed the gap. Where I don't think I've closed the gap, and this is probably why I have a bias on these long bomber courses that you see on golf courses, I cannot get that extra 100 feet. I don't know what it is. My form is probably lacking in certain aspects. I'm sure that's true. But no matter what I've tried, I cannot bomb that disc any further than what I'm doing right now. And so, I, I've gained, I've, I will say I've gained like 30 feet or so, but I can't, I still don't have that. Like every time we walk up to a disc, I'm like, damn, Nate up there, like another 50 feet or so. <laughs> well, 50 feet ain't that far. It's pretty far when. I mean, now, now take about it from me. I'm playing a level above you and I get up to my disc and I look at Charlie and he's over there. 80 feet in front of me. I got a hard now that's another different. 50 feet in front of yeah, me. That's like, crazy. How the hell am I going to beat these guys? I, you got to find other ways to win. How I, I win now is I have to rely on my upshot game. I don't understand where Harp gets that that nasty whip from because he he he's similar stature to you. I mean he's not he's not crazy built any different really. He's wiry. He, he must he, he definitely wiry. Wiry. Now Charlie on the other hand, must that be dude fucking nice. That dude. Is big, lanky. He's kind of like the Calvin's, the AB, the you know Ricky. He, he yeah. just built. He's to sling built a disc. like that, right? Now where he's lacking though is control. But I would love his power. That'd be great. Hey, he is sponsored though. Sponsored guy. Sponsored guy. <laughs> Gotta love him. Gotta love him. But yeah. Anyway, I can see where you're coming from. Like you, that pisses you off. But it also like I've been playing just. Actually, I've been playing longer than you. I've been playing just as long as Harp and those guys. Then, obviously, Charlie hasn't played as long as us. I can't make it as far as you guys. So, that's frustrating as hell. Now, where I, I where I see it is, is I can actually hang with you guys at these other courses. So, that's why I like it more. You can take that how you want it. I mean, I like shorter courses, too. Because those guys can't out throw me by 100 feet. <laughs> but, take for another example, we have a course here. Uh, it's called The Brook. Um, Millbrook. Yeah, a little pitch and putt course. Basically. I don't like that course. No. But that's like a wooded short course too, but I, mean, I hate you, it. You can't because call it a wooded course. There's only like a couple right. of yeah, I wouldn't call it a wooded course. At. You're right. I wouldn't call it a wooded course. But it's a pitch or putt slow. I don't like that. And it's short and you'd be like, well, it's scorable, da 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 whatever. Yeah, but me and you could go out. You could shoot minus 12, whatever. I could shoot... Minus eight. I like you giving me some yeah, yeah. I'm giving. Right? I'm getting some strokes here. Yeah, what a guy. But homeboy from down the road, that's a pro player. He's coming out there. He shoots like minus seventeen and going home. Yeah, he's like, oh, and this, that's fun. no fun anyway, because it's like, oh, our, it doesn't really matter because our ratings are trash no matter what. Right. So there's a happy medium to both of these. So what I guess I think that we're both trying to get get at is having a huge open course is no fun to play. And having a fully wooded course is no fun to play. But having that happy medium where you can let the bombers bomb, where you can let the big arms really stretch out. And then you have the holes where now 
the guys that throw 600 feet now have to find a little bit of finesse. And those guys that are now used to throwing just 300 or 380, they can throw their regular shots and be very comfortable. Is there an example of a course that you've seen either in uh, PDGA, you know, events, mm -hmm. or something around here that you say is comparable to what you think should be a happy medium course that everybody should be happy with? So I the first two courses that come to mind, one for each. Locally, I think the best overall balanced course in our local area Without a doubt is oak. Yeah. I mean, for it's, sure. it's not heavily wooded, but depending on what layout you have, you do have to hit some gaps. And skillful. And and relatively skillful. And there's tight OB. It's it can be a challenging course, but some layouts are pretty easy. I think it's the best all around course. You know, it's not too forehand friendly, it's not too right hand backhand friendly. It's it's a good balanced course. Uh there's well, a few there's a few bomber. Holes. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's it's always nice to have some holes where people can really just get on it. Set I don't, themselves apart. Yeah, I don't I don't like playing a course where I'm just always like <sighs> mid range Thunderbird, Thunderbird, Thunderbird. What'd you just throw there? I'll give you a guess. There's another nine speed Thunderbird. Yeah, yeah. I and get that. On the on the pro side of things, just the first course that kind of comes to mind where you got some technical wooded holes, you got some holes that kind of open up and let people kind of mush on them is, is maple hill you know the, the very first hole you know it starts wide open i mean you throw over a huge water carrier and you just mash and then you go into a very protected green and then they have some holes that are really tight and guarded in the woods then they have some other holes that are really open and then you kind of have to throw into a protected green so i i do think that maple hill on the pro scene just right off the top of my head oh, for is, sure. is, is a very good balance course between you know letting people just spread their wings launch it down range and having to have some finesse on other holes. I honestly was really impressed with LVC every year. I, I actually like what they, for a, for a ball golf course, I would be excited to play there. I think, I think there's not like, there are long holes of course, but they're usually par acceptable in my mind. I yeah. Think used, yeah. But similar with the disc golf courses we play here, them greens are treacherous. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the that's the equalizer where if you want to attack the pin, you got to justify taking your roll away. Yeah. If you don't land at the right angle or you can land off the slope and now you have a 25 uphill or downhill putt. And you still see them guardian tree. They got the they got the shorter holes. They got mm -hmm. the 300s and stuff. There's some guardian trees there though. There's a bunch of different lines there. Also an island shot. So you get a little so that I am actually I like the LVC comparatively to now Memorial, right? Wide open. Memorial is a park. You you think Cody, you should love this course because you just said you like the short stuff. You like all the yeah. They got island holes everywhere. I don't I don't as much like Memorial, and I, I like the island holes. I think those are cool. But what I saw there is some a topic I want to talk about with you. If you say something stupid, I'm gonna buzz you. Do you like courses that seem open? But then our OB, because of flag placements and line placements that they put out there. I don't have a problem with it. See, I'm I'm different. I think if there's this big open area and there's not a bunch of concrete, there's not a playground, there's not anything. Why why are we putting a an island in the middle of a field? I don't I don't I don't like that. That seems dumb to me. Why do we put an island on hole three at, at Oak during keeper? Because it adds to this, 
everyone's got a 250 foot shot. There's that's that's a gap though. Like you, if you look at that hole specifically, there's trees on the left. There's a low hanging tree on the right. You have to pin a pretty good line on that for a 250 foot shot. <laughs> no, you don't. Listen, but okay, we've all played those courses where you get to the the golf course and then all of a sudden the golf course is not the same. There's painted lines all over the place. It's stupid OBs. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we see yeah. it all the time. And that's no fun. That's the stupid course right there. Yeah. So it is frustrating when you plan for a tournament. You play the course the way you think it's going to be designed. And then you show up tournament day and some of the OBs are moved. Yada, yada, yada. But that's a whole different thing. We were talking specifically about islands. So, so this I is. I like islands. Oh, I, I like I, islands I, I don't, too. I don't like islands that are just, here's an island. Here's an island. Here's an island. I think every good tournament layout should have some version of an island, whether it's a natural island created by water or an artificial island created by banners or, or a boundary. So so an island that we can talk about is Worlds two years ago. Uh, whole whole six, 17? 16? I think it was 16. 16, 16. 16 uh, at Emporia. Now, here's, here's where, no, no, no. It wasn't in Emporia that year. Oh, I, thought, I thought you were talking about Last year, yeah, no, I'm talking about when uh, James Conrad almost aced that same hole like three times in a row, and then they—that's the playoff hole they went to in James Conrad Worlds. I think that was 17. I think it was too. That island type of shot is different to me, and here's the reason why: because there is obviously the hail hail barrels all right there, Mm -hmm. but also right behind is water, 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 instant water. So that's a little different to me. That type of island's different. that because that, that's like a natural, it's natural-ish island, but also not natural island. Similar to, uh, like you said, the one at Oak, not natural OB. Right. So, I get what you're saying. I like that. All I'm saying is, is out of all the courses we talked about today, when it comes to short and in the woods, long ball golf, my personal worst favorite is when I show up to golf, any golf course and they've painted lines everywhere and have stupid OBs. And another hated thing we can talk about later is how stupid raised baskets are. But we can talk about that later. Yeah, I'm telling you, that third one, I'd rather play at any of those. I'd rather play at the bomber course. I'd rather play at the woods course. I don't want to play at, hey, the TD got bored course. <laughs> yeah, it seems like we've played at a couple of those. Before we move on, you brought up elevated baskets. Real quick, you got to pick one. You want to play 18 holes on elevated baskets in no wind or play in Park City and the tiny baskets with 40 mile an hour winds. <laughs> you got to pick one. Dang. You got me. You got me good. All right, what about 20 mile an hour winds on you, the short baskets? You still got me pretty good, man. <laughs> you got, okay. So here's the thing. No, no, I just I just want to pick I will take the, I, I will take the all elevated. All right. And but here's the thing though. Here we go. Here's I the thing. I just wanted an answer. I'm not if, if everything was uniform, everything is high. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to be practicing that all week. I'm practicing to go high all week. My problem is is when I'm playing at a, co- a hole where I normally, you know, it's a normal basket 90% of the time. But then I show up to a tournament, and for some reason, the basket's now taller than I am. Then You're 6'2", by the way. I don't want to freaking do that crap. Especially when it doesn't need to be there. So I complain about bad kicks. You complain about elevated baskets. 
Yeah, because yeah, it's stupid. Okay, so so normally, I'm from the circle out. I'm thinking in my head, I'm gonna run this putt. I'm not a bad putter. I'll run this putt. If I'm sitting at circle's edge or a little bit further, I'm thinking. Listen, I could run this putt, but then I'm going right back to circle's edge Change or the way further. You well, that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna become eagle. I'm gonna become eagle at the LVC. I'm like, I'm putting it right down there yeah. next to the basket. Just putt like me. Or if I miss, I'm not very far. Yeah, that doesn't work out All right. very well. I just wanted a quick answer. I don't want you going off on a tangent like we did earlier today. Yeah, of course. So next stop on the DGPT tour is Waco, March 10th through the 12th. It's going to be a elite series. Quickly, who do you got? Who do you got taking it down? Or do you just want me to give you my take? I mean, the easy answer would always just be be saying Paul because Paul's won it so many times and everything. I'm going to go out on a limb, though, and, man, I want to give it to the guy has been playing great, but I think he'll win this week. So he, there's no way he wins twice in a row. You think he's playing in Memorial? Is, that, is, is that what you're Ricky going to be back? I don't know. Look it up. I do not know. Hit, if, hit, hit me with hit, yours. Hit, hit me with his yours wrist and I'll is still, look it up. I don't know. Hit me with yours and I'll look it up. I'm going with a hot take. I got Emerson Key taking it home. A Texas native who just recently in January finished second on that course. Why? On that same exact course. I'm taking Emerson <laughs> Key, the Texas native who just recently in January placed second on that exact same course. Oh, good Say point. You why said one that more first. time. Uh, you you should have said that first. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> Or did you do that on purpose? Why? I did that totally on purpose. No, no. Ricky, it says Ricky's going to be playing. Uh, uh, it's first tournament for Ricky. You kind of caught me off guard. You didn't, even, you didn't even give me a warning that you're going to ask me these questions. Sure. Hey, you know what? Maybe our boy from Wichita is going to come out of nowhere because he's playing in Waco, Nolan Ramsey. Ooh. Let, let, let's no. do a hot take. Let's get let's get the shout out right now. I'm taking Nolan Ramsey. You're gonna take the kid Nolan Ramsey. I'm 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 sticking with Keith. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Squid Gun, Squid Nolan Ramsey, <laughs> to win it. Vector <laughs> Nolan Ramsey, home hometown guy, hometown favorite. Well, there you have it. You got the two hot takes for Waco. You got the LVC wrap up. You got ball golf courses versus wooded courses. Our socials are now live, Party Card Sports on Facebook and the Twitter. Am I correct, Cody? Yeah. Our, uh, it'd be at Party Card Sports on Twitter, and we have a Facebook page, Party Card Sports, right now, live, ready to go. We'll be posting our episodes there, our takes there, whatever. And we we both have access to it, so sometimes you probably be hearing some dumb opinions, Nate, and some really cool, smart, fun opinions, Cody. But anyways, like, share, subscribe to all the socials. You guys know what to do. Post your guys' takes. Hit us up on those. Let us know. Are you a ball golf kind of player who likes to play on ball golf courses? Or are you a wooded course player who just likes to dink and dunk on wooded courses? Do you believe in a happy medium? What do you like? Do you like elevated baskets? Do you not? Give us your takes. We'll reach out to you if you got a good one. And who knows? We might bring you on the podcast and have a little discussion with you. Perhaps that could be a thing. Let us know who you like more, Cody, correct, or Nate, wrong. 
There you have it. That's another week of Party Card Disc Golf. We'll see you next week, guys.